0: Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, event-based feedback. Here we go. I must admit, like many of our listeners, I sometimes find giving feedback to folks just Ah, it's just an ongoing battle with me, as with with a lot of folks, right? And and mm-hmm. in this case, sorry Maggie, <laughs> Maggie's listening to the podcast. I'm going to use her as an example here. But it's it's one of those things. Like we love Maggie. Maggie is is awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome as as an employee. She's awesome as a person, as a mother, as a wife. She's awesome in many many ways. But sometimes she makes mistakes, like you do, and like I do, like everybody else does, right? And right because she's so awesome. Sometimes I find myself, like, hesitating a little bit, right? I I don't want to hurt her feelings, right? Right. And often, Maggie doesn't make big mistakes. They're small things, right? Right.
1: we still, as managers, we have to work through that. We have to fight through that, right? We totally have all kinds of reasons. Everybody comes up with all kinds of reasons not to talk to their directs about performance. And one of the ones that uh, people often say is, you know, what if what if somebody does a bunch of stuff all at once, you know, I can't give it to them right away, maybe, or there's just too much, I don't want to burden them, you know, the, the whole, should I do good first or bad first, right? Is there a writer way? And, you know, a lot of times when I go back to our old, you know, our our cynical expression, which is land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king or queen. It really wouldn't matter if good came first or bad came first, just so long as you gave lots of feedback to people in a professional and polite way, right? Right.
0: I guess we've helped people a little bit in getting confused relative to giving a lot of feedback at once because we've told people don't do it, right? When you start giving feedback, don't give them feedback on 20 things. And then we really haven't covered what we're going to cover today is how do you give feedback? And when is it appropriate to give a lot of feedback, right? Because yeah. that's... Because people, they, they conflate things, right? They, they they take our advice of, well, let will put it, put it this way. We've given advice to not give too much feedback at one time because if we were to suggest otherwise, people store it up forever, right? Well, they have this exactly. laundry list of 100 things and they just dump it on somebody. But what we're going to talk about today kind of, I think, clarifies a little bit about when it's appropriate when it's not.
1: Right. Event based feedback. And we have five recommendations, five points we want to make. The last two of which are the actual steps, but I'm going to cover them in a little bit more detail because there are plenty of people who go, I don't want to listen to all the rationale. Just tell me what to do. And that's fine. So uh, points one through five. First number one, you can give lots of feedback together, folks. You totally can. If it's about a single set of behaviors if you're just bunching a bunch of stuff together, that's a bad idea. People get confused by that, which we'll talk about why. Uh, we, ju- we still recommend you follow the one week rule. You don't wait longer than about a week to give feedback to somebody. And that affects things like project-based feedback and so on. Our, our, the real key point here today in terms of the, the rationale is if you stay specific, if you stay focused on behavior, directs are very comfortable getting lots of feedback. The reason directs often are uncomfortable getting lots of feedback, the reason we often, the reason we don't recommend bunching it together is it's not specific. It's not actionable. It's not helpful. And so it just feels like a really, really long report card that nobody knows how to do anything about. So, event-based feedback is a way to give feedback about a specific event, a presentation, a meeting, a report, something like that, something that happened fairly close together. And the way you give event-based feedback is steps four and five in this cast. And after these two points, if you want to tune out, folks, if you don't want to know more of the details and the subtleties, that's fine. Step four or point four is when you give event-based feedback, you ask first, but you only ask one time before you plan on giving five or 10 or ten or 15 bits of, of behaviorally based specific feedback.
0: Right. And for those of you don't who aren't familiar with the managed tools feedback model, the first
1: step in the feedback model is to ask if you can give the person feedback. So you're just asking once. Right. You ask, hey, can I give some feedback? And, and just real quickly, for those of you who don't know, the reason you ask is because feedback is about the future behavior of one of your directs. Feedback is not about past behavior. We're not trying to praise something they did. We're not trying to punish something they did. We're not trying to point something out they did and then tell them it was good or bad. The purpose of talking to our directs about past performance is only to imply that the real discussion, the real importance of discussion is the future behavior they engage in because there's nothing we can do about the past. This is what really effective managers know. The reason they're willing to talk to their directs much more frequently than, than average and below average managers is that they know the reason to do it is to change behavior in the future if somebody made a mistake or to get the same behavior in the future. It's all about future behavior. So you ask first, hey, can I give some feedback? And if I, if Mike asked me, can you give me some feedback and I'm not ready to hear it, it's okay for me to say no because I'm gonna be the one that's gonna be engaging in the behavior in the future. If I'm not ready or if I'm in a bad mood or if I'm late to a meeting or I have to go pick up my kids, then I'm not gonna hear it and him saying it isn't effective if I don't hear it because communication is what the listener does. So when you do event based feedback, again, you say, Hey, can I give some feedback? But you only say it one time. For instance, you'd say, can I give you some feedback about the meeting we just had? Can I give you some feedback about this report? Can I give you some feedback about this presentation? Now the direct knows they're going to get more than one bit of one uh, item of their behavior. One of the specific things that you notice. They're going to get a series of that altogether, but you only have to ask once. If you give 20 bits of feedback and every time you say, can I, can I, can I, can I, before each one, it becomes very annoying and a lot of managers simply won't do it and that reduces the amount of feedback managers give, which is a bad thing. All high-level systems, human and non-human, rely on extensive feedback mechanisms about the only feedback about the only uh, really, really important system in the world, human behavior in a managerial, vertically structured organization, the most important system of all, human behavior, doesn't get a lot of feedback. And we wonder why we're inefficient and ineffective a lot. It's because of lack of feedback. And then point five is you basically use steps two, three, and four of our feedback model together. It's as if you've already – it's as if you can assume you've asked that first question before each time. And so it would sound like this. If I were giving Mike feedback about a about a, uh, a meeting, he just uh, – or or let's say a, a, um, an off-site we just attended that um, he was integral to, I would say, hey, Mike, can you give some feedback about the offsite?" Sure. I would say yes. And I'd say, when you shared that idea about how we could reduce costs with logistical changes, I really appreciate it. That was great and when you asked for five more minutes at the end of the meeting to discuss a new idea you had, I thought that was creative. I thought it was a little different, and I liked it, so good. Keep it up. When you um, tried to get everybody to agree with you, and when they didn't, you, you said, well, I don't know why we're even talking about this. That came across as unprofessional. Can you change that for me? When you, after lunch, asked the agenda to be changed uh, in order to incorporate some of the things that happened in the morning, I thought that was creative. I think people agreed to it, and obviously we changed the agenda, so that was good. And, and there you have it. I asked him once, and then I gave him three bits of feedback about three specific behaviors he engaged in during our offsite without having to ask each time. And by the way, when he knows about event-based feedback, he knows that um, when I say, can I give some feedback about the offsite, he knows he's about to get multiple bits of behavior discussed, and it helps him uh, be ready to say yes or no. If he's not ready, if he's getting ready to go to a meeting and it's going to be a five-minute discussion about all the things I noticed during the offsite, uh, then he can say, look, yeah, I'd love to, but I can't right now. Maybe we could do it during the one-on-one or whatever. And that way, uh, he knows and I know that when we talk about it next, there's going to be a bunch of feedback altogether. We're not putting the feedback together to make it easier for me, the manager. We're putting it together because it's easy contextually for Mike to hear it if it's all about the same thing, the same set of behaviors, a related set of behaviors in a certain contiguous time period. So that's the longest outline we've ever done, I guess. Yeah, and, and
0: all you Reader's Digest listeners can, can now,
1: <laughs> go, can now away. go home. <laughs> go away. Find another podcaster.
0: Yeah, now, now, for those of you who, who choose to stick around, we'll cover this in a little bit more detail. So let's, let's talk about your first point. You can give lots of feedback together if it's about a single set of behaviors. You mentioned that just, just now, but let's, let's talk a little bit more about why yeah, that's so look, important.
1: You, you said it earlier too, right? We generally don't recommend that managers give a lot of feedback all at once. We don't do that um, because we discovered when we did and we let managers try that because we didn't recommend against it, essentially, many managers basically saved up their feedback and it made it convenient. And what they would say is it made it convenient for me and for them because then they knew they only got feedback at one time each week. We got the sense that really the important part of the rationale was not that it was convenient for the direct, but it was convenient for the manager. And managers might have said something like, if I'm going to have to give feedback – I want to put it off as long as possible. I want to do it all at once so I can get it over with. And I'm going to mix bad and good so they don't hate me too much and I can stay pretty general about it. The problem is when managers think they can deliver feedback in batches, they wait too long to give a lot of it. And what we've discovered actually is if a manager waits a week And the direct is a good person and wants to do well and generally does most things well. The manager is going to give negative feedback. After a week, if they haven't given uh, negative feedback, they can talk themselves out of it a lot of times unless it's really, really big. And then what happens is when it's really, really big, they put it off again. And then when it finally gets to the direct, it feels painful because it's been a month, but the manager is talking about it. And he's known about it. The direct has known about it for a month and nothing's been said. So, gosh, if he had to wait a month to talk to me about it and it seems like it's important to him, that feels dangerous to the direct.
0: Well, yeah, the, the manager's waited a month. And what probably triggers the the actual feedback itself is that it happened again. And now the right. manager was annoyed before. And now he or she is angry and, and it's just now we have a, a very
1: different conversation. Yeah, now we have a problem. Look, and the longer you wait, the older stuff gets in your head. It's not crystal clear. The direct struggles to comprehend all of it. Lots of directs we've talked to said they spent a good time, good bit of time trying to figure out when when managers bunch stuff together. What's the overall theme here? Is he trying to imply that because he did three good and four bad that it was really a bad presentation? And it ends up being more of a, is this a miniature report card rather than specific comments about actual behaviors, which of course is not the intent of feedback. Feedback is not a report card. It's supposed to be helpful in terms of guiding future behavior. A report card is about past performance. It's not supposed to be about guiding future behavior. The other thing that we heard a lot of was managers throwing out any sort of planning or, or delivery a coherence right they said things like and by the way we would not call it feedback if you used it this way although we know that some managers would if they said hey i liked how you did that or i wonder if you couldn't do this thing differently over here and what ends up happening is the manager gives this kind of vague overarching let me give you my impressions of your performance and what's funny about that is managers motivate themselves to do it because you know that you know that's kind of what senior people do when they're sitting around talking about succession planning and so on. Not true. Not true at all. The really good organizations of the world that have succession planning talk specifically about people, about their strengths and weaknesses. Not, I like this and I like that. Rather, here's here are what his numbers are, and here's an example of something I've noticed that causes me concern relative to his analytical ability. It's a very specific, a very direct sort of conversation in those companies where Feedback is more current and or m- more frequent and more direct. You know, Mark, the 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 problem though is that we tried to avoid those
0: bad outcomes, and as a result, we left a valuable tool off the table for folks. Right? I mean, the idea that somebody could go to a meeting, watch somebody present at a meeting, and then only give one piece of feedback when there are probably a hundred things happened during that presentation has been tough for for managers. And and we gave the advice we did for good reason, but it's time to correct that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's not, well, I don't know that it's correcting it so much as it is adding nuance to the, the overall, you know, the, the, the body of work we have around feedback giving people as much detail as we possibly can. If, if one of the first few casts we had about feedback said, you can bunch feedback together. I think what would have happened is people, managers would have heard that. And of course you and I, uh, it, it's not that we expect everybody to do everything we say but we certainly want to avoid somebody doing something and using what we recommend in the wrong way
0: yeah well, but Karen Adams right now is 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 saying like okay after after almost 6 years
1: you're finally going to give me that nuance i've been doing this for a while mark yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I mean, look, we only have 20 more years of podcast to give out. So yeah, there you go. You know what I should have done? In hindsight, what I should have done for you and Karen under the circumstances is I should have said, Mike, you're going to have to wait a year for us to start doing podcast because I want to line up the next six or seven hundred or thousand of them <laughs> in exactly the right order. And can you imagine what would have happened? I would have agreed. I would have up. agreed with you. Yeah, that's you the, would the agreed problem. With you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we never would have started. And what's worse is that people would have had to sit through fifty casts on feedback and forty casts on one-on-ones. And there are some managers out there who just, you know, who can't believe that somebody would give feedback for whatever reason. So, and we've had a lot more to talk about in feedback in the years ahead. So. Now, management is an ongoing journey, that's for sure. Look, it's fine to give lots of feedback together. If the behaviors are going to be talking about in this instance, in this event, all happened at this same event or within a short time frame of one another in a related way. Again, feedback is about the future. It's about helping directs engage in the right behavior, right behaviors in the future. If you wait too long to give some feedback, they might very well have had an opportunity to make the same mistake again not knowing that they could have done it better. So look, we're still against waiting. And I think a lot of managers, when we say bunch it up, they see something on Monday and they say, well, let me wait until I have five or six of them. Then they get busy doing something else. Now it's been two weeks and they're waiting to get enough together so they can have a conversation about about performance, which I think is a a bad idea. So you can give feedback about a specific event as long as they happen relatively close together and the set of behaviors are connected, like a pro- like like a, a meeting or a a, um, a presentation or an offsite or something like that. But we have a caveat here. I know what many of you are thinking right now. The project managers are going, "Oh great, this is now I, I'm free and clear. I don't have to give feedback during any of the projects I've been running. Uh, not at all. All I have to do is is." Uh, wait until the end, and then I can give them a document because I wouldn't want to bury them in 50 bits of Dur- During a way. project? Yeah. They, they, you think they call that an event? Well, that's a pretty oh. big <laughs> Well, I think when when we say you can give event-based feedback – as long as all the behaviors are connected or related in a way and and the time was contiguous, they're going to say, well, I live my life in projects and that was a two-month project and it's all related and it's the timing is kind of contiguous relative to a year. Two months is sort of close together, so I'll wait until the end of the two-month period. I mean people will twist themselves in knots to avoid doing things what they don't want that they don't want to do it's cognitive dissonance right I know I'm supposed to but I don't want to and so therefore I'm going to wait until I don't have to anymore so can you wait till the end of a typical project, calling that project an event, and then give everybody, the give somebody the feedback they they, uh, they deserved during the event and the during the project? And the answer is no, definitely not.
0: Well, you can. Just don't call it the manager tools feedback.
1: Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, you could. Yeah. And, and hypothetically, I suppose it'd be better than nothing. But I'll tell you what, you wait four months to give somebody some feedback about something that happened, again, four months ago. And be like, what? Really? And and of course, part of our guidance about feedback has been feedback is about fairly small things. It's about making small corrections when you're driving down a straight road. It's the avoidance of waiting until somebody makes six mistakes and then they're almost in the ditch and you have to have a come to boss meeting with with them, which is not helpful for anybody. So it would be a perversion of this recommendation to call projects that last three four months events that then allow you to wait until the end. And uh, frankly, I'd be willing to bet that 50% of the project managers who were sitting here thinking as they listened to us this time that they secretly had in their head the uh, knowledge that they could wait till the end and then they would have it all together and then they wouldn't do it.
0: Nope. Sorry, folks. Can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We can't use this cast as an excuse to do it. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And look, waiting to delay information till the end of the project means that they couldn't use any of the information you're giving them during the project, right? We've made sports analogies before, but I read somewhere recently that the NFL, the first 20, the National Football League in America, the first 20 plays are totally scripted. And the reason why is to see how the defense reacts. And then they start making changes. And teams that perennially do well are ones that have better second halves than first because they make changes during the game. They don't wait till the end of the game that they lost and go, okay, we learned enough so that now next week we'll get better. No, they make changes on the fly because they're in the game with that team that that they're making the mistakes in front of. You know, Look, if you wait until the end of a longer project, two, three, four, five months, it's really no longer feedback. It it really boils down to what it, what is something like a personal hot wash, maybe for each team member. And you know, my feeling has always been, you put too much stuff together. And if you if you're a project manager, you got two or three people working for you on a four month project. They're they probably got fifty or hundred tasks or whatever. If you're going to give them thirty bits of feedback about four months worth of work, I'm making up those numbers. But if you're going to give them thirty bits of feedback, that's going to be a pretty emotionally significant or emotion fraught kind of meeting. So don't use this cast as an excuse to wait on feedback until the end and deliver all at once. It's not going to be effective. You might think of it as being efficient. And by the way, if you're a technical manager who manages a lot of projects and you like email, you are someone who chooses efficiency over effectiveness a lot and that'll probably appeal to you, event-based feedback, and it's a perversion. Again, I like that word today, perversion of our recommendation <laughs> here. It's efficient for you maybe, but it's not effective for the direct. And if it's not effective for the direct, you're undermining the very purpose of the discussion you're having. Look, an event is something that happens in a short period of time. For those of you who are conflict avoid avoidance specialists, it's a short contiguous bit of time, a meeting for instance, is an event. A presentation is an event. A one-day assignment might be an event, even if you call it a project because there are five tasks in it, right? A one-week project could probably be called an event, but I think that's stretching it. A one-month project where you wait to give feedback until the end is not an event.
0: Okay. Now, we've recommended the one-week rule before. So, we're, we're restating it here because it's somehow different or are we
1: just just reinforcing the rule. Yeah, we just want to make our point about the nature of events, about how what we mean by event in terms of our event-based feedback guidance. And look, it also reminds us is a good point to a good good time to remind everybody about the half-life of the value of feedback. The longer you wait, the greater disparity there will be between what you say happened and what the director remembers about what happened. And look, delay, if something happens Monday and the manager gives feedback Thursday, delay is always ascribed to the manager's choice about when to give it because the direct can't get feedback if if the manager won't do it. And therefore, the feedback becomes tainted by a mixing of its purpose, the future behavior of the direct, and the manager's self-interest in terms of when and how he or she gives it. Delay, if you do something Monday and you don't hear about it till Friday, also implies that there may not be any feedback at all. And if you wait too long, if you wait more than a week, a direct often feels ambushed by negative feedback that's two or three weeks late if it's going to take that long. So, we do call for what we call our one-week rule. And as many of you know, if you're doing one-on-ones… You can also just remind yourself in terms of the weekly timeline. Gee, was it Tuesday? Was it Wednesday? And so on. You can just say, have I had a one-on-one with this direct since the event happened? If you have, even though they did something on Tuesday, you had the one-on-one on on Wednesday and now it's Thursday. I think it's easier for me anyway, to think of when was my last one-on-one and when did this event hurt? happen, as opposed to, did it happen in the last week? Admittedly, If I had a one-on-one on on Wednesday, it's now Thursday, and they did something on Tuesday, that's only two days, but the one-on-one has a one-on-one past is just a rule of thumb to help you think about how long it's been since this person did the behavior. If it's been a one-on-one between, maybe you ought to wait and look for another opportunity.
0: Well, the one-on-one is a great checkpoint too, right? I mean, if you're in your one-on-one, one one of the questions you're going to ask yourself, is there something that I have to give Susie feedback on that I haven't already? Not to suggest that all feedback happens during one-on-ones. Let me throw that in there. But if you ask that question and you didn't come up with something, then it's probably not that important that you come back to it two days
1: later after the one-on-one. You could e- easily give feedback in eight days. It's not a black and white rule by any stretch. And look, part of our guidance about the one-week rule is designed to counter the idea that the, the, the best feedback is immediate, right? People say that. All kinds of HR people and psychologists and sociologists say that. Yeah, it is. That's great. The best feedback is immediate. But feedback is so rare, let's not make the perfect the enemy of the good. The best feedback is immediate argument is a a reductio ad absurdum argument, which basically says, you know, managers use it to say, oh, I can't give it immediately, so therefore I don't need to give it at all because I wouldn't want to give not best feedback, which is a joke, right? You can wait, just don't wait longer than about a week. If the event happened two or three weeks ago – Don't give the feedback and don't say to yourself, I have an ongoing event that lasts two weeks. Okay. If you're going to lump together two weeks worth of stuff and something was some, one of the bits of feedbacks was two weeks ago. Don't do that. This is not a reason to lump your feedback together to make it efficient. It's a way to help you talk about those two and four and eight hour type events or behavior sets. To make it easy for you to talk about them contiguously, contemporaneously, and contextually to make it easy for the direct to hear about and, and get in the moment of all the things that were doing relative to that event, whatever it might is. Good. Now, you say that if you stay
0: specific, right? And you stress the word specific, directs can receive lots of feedback about a particular event. But that's, historically, that's not really the way it breaks down, is it? I mean, I, I just can imagine oh gosh, some yeah. manager in front of her team and-
1: In my picture, there's not a lot of specificity going on. When we say feedback, we mean something specific. But a lot of people who are listening think, well, feedback is just any sort of information regarding somebody's performance. Okay, um, the answer to that is no, not the way we use it. But yeah, managers often say, well, I can't give them too much. Well, yeah, you can. You're wrong. You can. It just has to be feedback as opposed to, You talking about what you liked and didn't like about what they did. Look, there are two sort of historically classic ways for a manager to share her comments with the direct after an event of some sort. The first way is just kind of meander through the event, mentioning various good or bad points. And look, this is better than nothing. It's a classic land of the blind comment, right? I mean, it's not a great way to do it, but it's better than nothing at all. So few managers do even this of just meandering through an event. It's great to have a boss who does it even poorly, but look, it's still fraught with difficulty. Let's say this. I'll give you a short speech that the manager does. And I say, Hey Mike, I just want to share some things with you about that, uh, that presentation. Great job in the opening. Overall, the timing was good. I wouldn't have hit it as hard on the cost issues, but Hey, I understand why you did, you know, you have to kind of cool it on the analogies and good use of visuals right (laughs) now. Okay. okay, now that's what's – look, you know, you and I laugh at that because some manager will go, well, guys, some directs are probably going, man, I'd love my boss to tell me that. That's probably the funny part or the sad part. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. but now let's go back through it. You say, great job on the opening. Now, now, folks, just to be clear, this is not feedback. This is a really lame attempt at a boss providing some information about how the boss felt about what the direct – did or intended to do or something. I don't know. You could get pretty vague about this. Well, I
0: I can tell you what went through my mind when you said that. I was like, well, what did I do? Yeah. What specifically did you like? Was it the right length or did you just like my tone or – was it the analogy I used during that? Yeah, the we, opening, we, right? we
1: could we could go through each one of these. You you just did the great job on the opening, right? What did I do? What did you like? When I said overall timing was good, you know, the director's probably thinking, was it too long at some part? But it was overall the right amount of timing. Are you talking about my delivery, in terms of the timing of my? my words or are you talking about the overall length of time of my presentation in minutes or are you talking about the timing of it relative to the decision point the company is at strategically when you talked about I wouldn't have hit as hard on the cost issues well why are you saying that because you didn't think cost mattered or because I gave too much detail or you're just saying we have different styles but mine was fine since they agreed with me regarding cost. When you say to me, you have to stop the analogies, I say to myself, okay, but I only use three of them in a 30-minute presentation. That doesn't seem like too much to me. But okay, none from now on, I guess, because even though you totally used one last week, I don't know, and you only talked for 10 minutes and you used one, so I figured 30 minutes I could use three. Okay, whatever. I I guess I can, I can learn from that. And then you said good use of visuals. I'm going, huh? I just use slides, sort of a standard setup. How freaking is that? Is your standard is just use slides and therefore I get credit for using good visuals? I don't have any graphs or charts or anything. Look, it's good for a manager to say something, even though this example makes it seem frustrating because nobody else does it. But it's still not actionable. It's it's in It's inefficient. And when managers use this as their thought process for way, the way they would think of event-based feedback, well, yeah, then, then they might say, well, my directs can't handle too much of it because when I do that, it bothers them. Well, they're not bothered because there's too much there. They're bothered because there's not enough specifics for them to be actionable and get better the next time, even though they still have to sit and listen and wonder if you're going to drop a bomb on them at any moment during this, quote, feedback, unquote, session, which it is not. The other kind of historical way to make a, to give some event based guidance or whatever is, is to make an overall praiseful statement followed by pointing out usually one specific negative, something along the lines of, Hey, great job today, but you need to work on the analogies too many.
0: Excellent. Thanks, boss.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is just a dull-witted version of the sandwich technique. Good comment, bad comment, good comment, because you're too frail a flower to actually have me tell you when you use that many analogies, it distracts from your message, and people begin to think you don't have data and you're just trying to smooth things over with analogies. It's ineffective. I mean, I suppose it's better than nothing but let's not make the good the enemy of nothing. Let's not make (laughs) nothing the enemy of the good in this case. Gee whiz. Um, Look, managers balk at the idea of specific feedback. They're afraid it's too much for the direct. But the reason is the manager doesn't really want to give feedback because it's it's, it's uncomfortable. I'm afraid he's going to get his feelings hurt and quit. And then they blame it on the directs inability to handle it. And, but it's just, and this is sad. It's true. It's just wrong headed. And the big problem is directs don't like this kind of feedback and managers don't get directs responding well to it. Cause it's not feedback. It's non-feedback. It's not helpful when something isn't helpful. When it's confusing, it stinks to be on the receiving end of that. And add to that, the direct knows his boss will feel he's already talked to the direct about the opportunity to improve. So the boss is going to expect improvement, all while the direct not knowing what it is he or she is supposed to do to improve. It's really frustrating.
0: Well, that's what drives the direct crazy, right? They know their boss didn't like something, but they have no idea what they're supposed to flip and do to correct it. And so in the case it was a presentation, right? The next presentation, they know they're supposed to have gotten better. But the whole time they're thinking like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do and I'm probably gonna get my butt chewed again.
1: Yeah. So the key to this is staying specific when you give behavioral feedback. Directs can handle lots of it much better because it tells them what they did and it makes clear the result, the outcome of what they did. It's not an opinion of the manager. It's not a general feeling or a a hint at what I thought you were trying to do. But if you as a manager focus on the five behaviors, the words you say, how you say them, facial expressions, body language, and work product, it reduces the chances for misunderstanding and directs can listen to a lot of it all at once. So managers, if you think you weren't supposed to give event-based feedback because directs couldn't handle it, you're wrong. Because every single one of you that I've ever talked to said, well, I can't do that with my directs, but I'd love to hear it from my boss. Whenever you find yourself engaging and when you start saying that you're a lot different from your directs. You're probably wrong. It's just not so.
0: Cool. Now, ask first and only once. When we get feedback, we always ask. And in this case, we're talking about asking about giving feedback for a particular event. And when they agree to that, they're essentially agreeing to
1: getting a bunch of feedback about that particular event. To me, uh, having tried this, I mean, folks, just so you know, I've tried actually giving specific four-step feedback on 20 different things all at once. And me and my direct just laughed. We just couldn't do it. I mean, uh, he knew that I was following the feedback model and it was just, it just doesn't work. Um, but I also knew he needed the feedback. And so over the course of a couple of years, I discovered and asked some managers to help me and discovered absolutely works like a charm. People love it. You know, if your boss came in and say, hey, let me let me give you some guidance. Give me some insight on what I saw in your behavior yesterday in the meeting. Most directs would be like, yeah, sure. Right. Now, there are managers in the world who they wouldn't say, "Yeah, sure, too," but that's not a function of the feedback model. That's a function of the manager. It's interesting.
0: You should, you say that you try, you've tried it, asking and asking and asking and asking, and you just. You guys just start laughing about it. I always thought that that was actually your approach. That's why we asked. Do you want to give them fifteen pieces of feedback? We asked fifteen times just because it's so darn funny. And when you're when you're smiling and laughing, it's a lot easier for the director oh. to get the feedback. I figured that's yeah, just I part ne- of the plan.
1: Uh, I never. Yeah, I never. No, I never, okay. Our directs are going to laugh at us anyway. I guess so. You know, let's not give them more to laugh at. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so look, when it comes to event-based feedback. Normally, what you would do is for every behavior you're going to talk about, you ask, can we talk about that? And then the direct says yes, and then you deliver. But with event-based feedback, you ask only once. You say, hey, can I give some feedback on your presentation? Can we talk about your performance in the meeting? Can I share some things from the offsite? Can I make some comments about this report? And folks, in a report, a report can actually be an event because – it fits our criteria. Even if it took them two weeks to produce the report, the report itself exists in time right now, and so you can give feedback about the report itself, um, because report is work product. It doesn't have to be the words they said or how they said them. their facial expression or their body language. The report is actually work product, and because it exists right now, it is a contiguous short term event, if you want to use that. And so, you only ask once. So, if I'm going to give feedback to Mike about a meeting, I say, hey, can I give some feedback about the meeting? And then he knows when I give that caveat, when I mention the meeting, I don't just say, can I give you some feedback? I say, I ask first and only once, but I make sure I give the context that we're going to talk about. Can I give you some feedback about the meeting? Can I give some feedback about the presentation? Can I give some feedback about this thing you've been working on me for the, working with me on for the last week? Okay. now they know I'm going to I might very well go through a series of behaviors and their associated outcomes, both good and bad.
0: And that, in fact, is the next step, right? Just a series of steps two, three and four, two and three being what they did, what the behavior was. And step three being describing the outcome of that. What's the result of that particular behavior? And then step four is if it's positive, say thanks, keep it up, whatever. And if it's
1: negative, ask them if they can change it. Yeah, I think we've we've made a lot of points today that I'm sure those the those of you who have been listening to Manager Tools for for years and years and years are like, yeah, yeah, I know that about feedback. I know that about feedback. But of course, remember, folks, we have new people joining us every week, every month. But rather than going through all four steps in detail, I'll just tell you quickly. There are four steps. First, you say, "Can I give you some feedback?" The next thing is you describe their behavior when you do X, and then step three, you describe the outcome of their behavior. Here's what happens when you're late to a meeting is step two, and here's what happens. I worry about you is step three. And then step four is when it's negative feedback, we ask them to change their behavior. Can you do that differently? And if it's positive feedback, Hey, can I give you some feedback? When you start the meeting on time, it saves me time during my busy day. And step four is thank you. So we just say, thank you. So let me give an example of Putting all this stuff together. It's pretty easy. For those of you who know the feedback model, it's really pretty easy, but hopefully we've beaten this horse well. So I would say to Mike, Hey, can I give some feedback about the meeting? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I say, Hey, when you started on time, it sent the right message about efficiency. Well done. When you answered a question about, about the deck during your introduction, though, I think it threw off your game, threw you off your game a little bit and it took too much time. Can you avoid doing that next time? When you didn't say anything, when Bob was talking after his time was up, that hurt your credibility. I think people sort of lost interest because they're getting off the agenda. Um, can you do better at that? Later, though, when you did cut Bob off on the second time, that was awesome. Thanks. I think that got everybody right back where you wanted them to be. And uh, toward the end, when you asked for input... When you needed ideas because you felt like you'd hit a dead wall, hit, hit a brick wall, they loved that and they were more than willing to help out. So do that more in the future. Well done, awesome. So how many how many behaviors is that? And I just I didn't even count them. Uh, it was Started like four time, or five. Answered maybe five. question. Uh, didn't say anything. Uh, yeah, it was five. Of five things. It took maybe a minute right? Only one question, but the question said was about the meeting. Can I get some feedback about the meeting? So you knew there were multiple behaviors. And obviously, I'm hoping that in each one, I went pretty fast. I wasn't listening for Mike's responses, but normally you'd wait when you get negative feedback. Hey, can you do better at that? You want the director to say yes, because that's important for systemic feedback. But well, that's all. You can give feedback. You can be event-based. You can wait a little bit, you know, a day or two or even a week and you can lump it all together. God, I'm afraid somebody's gonna take that out of context. And you can only ask once as long as they understand the context in which you're asking. It's okay as long as there's a connection to the behaviors Try to keep it within a week. Stay specific. That's the key. Stay specific. Focus on behavior. If you start getting into what you thought or how you felt as a manager, you'll start losing the direct and then you'll start saying what every other manager does, which is directs don't like being unloaded with a lot of feedback all at once. That's not true. Directs don't like being told a lot of things they don't know how to do anything about, but they love getting specific actionable feedback. And then ask first, but only one time. And then it steps two, three, and four over and over and over again. If you do this... I, I, I joke with a manager once when I told him this, you could fulfill your monthly feedback quota in one meeting. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we, look, that's, not, that's not the intent of this. When we ask that question even just one time and the direct nose is about context, they're open to hearing multiple uh, behaviors. And each piece of feedback that they get will make more sense in context with all the others. And the simple bottom line on this one is, it's what you would want from your boss. Tell me everything. You can, boss, so that I can do things right again, if I did it right, and stop doing the stuff that doesn't work. That's what you'd want from your boss, and that's a good general rule that you ought to be doing it for your directs as well. Good. All right, my friend.
0: Enjoyed it. Thanks, partner. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you on the discussion forums, www.manager-tools.com. See you there. So long, folks.